I'm Afshin Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE. It's been 24 hours since the Latin American nation of El Salvador, infamous for CIA dirty wars and death squads, and more recently Bitcoin, held its latest general election amidst a two-year state of emergency. But another country 2,000 kilometers south, also the subject of U.S. interference, has been making headlines in recent weeks. Not anymore for the deal it made with the CIA to transfer WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange for torture in London, but for a state of emergency as law and order collapses. Now one of the biggest debtor countries to the IMF, Ecuador, reliant on UN food aid has expressed support for genocide in Gaza and is transferring weapons to Zelensky in Ukraine via the USA. Joining me now from Ecuador's capital, Quito, is someone who was a front-runner to be president of the South American country, famous for helping Charles Darwin write about human evolution. Dr. Andres Arauz was 2023 Ecuadorian vice presidential candidate and a 2021 presidential candidate. He was Minister of Knowledge and Human Talent in the government of now-exiled former president of Ecuador, Rafael Correa. He's also the former director director of the Central Bank of Ecuador and current senior research fellow at the Washington, D.C.-based think tank, the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Arauz, for uh, coming on the uh, show. So you, you've got the CIA base, thanks to President Moreno, then Lasso, who, who beat you to the presidency, and now the banana businessman, President Naboa. Why the massive increase in crime in Ecuador, making headlines all around the world? The CIA, of course, has a history of drug dealing, uh, in that hemisphere, infamous for uh, what Oliver North and so on. Right. So this is a fight among uh, cartels, uh, some that have you know loose uh, and harder links uh, to the Mexican cartels, the European and Albanese mafia, and of course uh, intelligence networks that try to control those. But uh, we could uh, uh, explain the violence that we have in Ecuador due to basically IMF austerity. That meant uh, shutting down schools. The government uh, shut down the security ministry, the justice ministry, and of course uh, gave the keys to the the people that were in jail uh, of the prison system. So then the the criminal uh, gangs took over the, the prison system and started creating basically what became the headquarters of the criminal organized uh, groups. Uh, we also had uh, uh, the the downfall really happened during the Lasso government because his campaign was funded by narco-linked gangs that were that then blackmailed him into giving them access to the ministries, to the police, to the judicial system. And of course, uh, then we had basically a takeover from within the state by these organized crime groups. So this is these are all the consequences that we're living uh, now in, in Ecuador. And, uh, and of course, yeah, a strong state is required to overcome this. And, of course, a strong state is in direct contradiction to the IMF austerity policies. Yeah, we uh, would love to have uh, Lasso, ex-president, uh, on. He denies all those uh, charges, as, as you know, despite all the papers that have come to light. But it's not good advert, is it? You give uh, your sovereignty away to Washington, and uh, even the IMF doesn't help you out in return for giving away your sovereignty, getting the base, doing all the things Washington wants. Uh, no let-up in the austerity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it comes as a package, right? We have to remember that the first IMF agreement was uh, conceived as a bailout in exchange for turning Assange to the United States uh, in the in the British uh, in, in British territory and the U.S. and the Ecuadorian embassy over there in London. And then uh, now now there was an agreement that became a law approved by the U.S. Senate last year that's called the U.S.-Ecuador Strategic Partnership Act that basically sets up a plan 
for uh, a U.S. influence in Ecuador that even involves the uh, cherished Galapagos Islands, where the U.S. plans to have uh, another base, not just a, a CIA or intelligence base, but an outright military position. Well, Darwin would be uh, turning in his grave about that. I think I remember discussing with Julian Assange in your embassy in, uh, in London about the pressure on Korea, who you served as central bank governor, because uh, the Washington consensus meant that it would be good for the Ecuadorian people if they sacrificed Julian Assange's life. It turns out they sacrificed Julian Assange's life. Well, there's a February court case coming up. And still the people of Ecuador live in poverty, 25% in poverty. World Food Programme, giving aid to your people. Yeah, it is increasing, in fact, the poverty rate because uh, now the austerity policies are going to continue under, under the Noboa government. Uh, the IMF has just requested uh, the increase in the value-added tax, which is like the sales tax, and, uh, and an increase in the gasoline prices. So the, the austerity moves keep on going. The people are going to keep on suffering in the midst of uh, violence in, in the streets. So there is uh, not enough uh, funding uh, to invest in education, getting back uh, kids to school. And of course, if that doesn't uh, get fixed, uh, they will get uh, co-opted by the criminal gangs. Yeah. I do want to get on to your solutions for the Ecuadorian people and people in the global south, of course. But Naboa has now said he won't accept the outcome of Venezuela elections, just echoing the State Department. And now... The issue that's really of global focus, especially where I'm speaking to you from in the Middle East, plausible genocide, according to the World Court, by UK, US, EU armed Israel against Gaza, full support from Naboa. Did that uh, surprise you? Or is that direct orders from Washington? Naboa hasn't previously particularly expressed uh, huge support for genocide, has he, in the Middle East? Well, Naboa received the uh, support from the Israeli government during uh, his campaign. Uh, he said so explicitly. Uh, he said he already had uh, agreements uh, with the Israeli government while he was a candidate. So uh, we think he's being very reciprocal in, in that matter. Uh, the, our party, the Citizens Revolution uh, Party, uh, proposed in parliament a resolution condemning the genocidal acts of Israel in, in Palestine and Gaza. Uh, unfortunately, the Noboa, uh, Noboa's members of the, his party, they did not support this resolution and uh, it wasn't passed, unfortunately. And, and so uh, you have this situation as regards the Middle East. You've got uh, this amount of debt, millions in Ecuador relying on World Food Programme aid, and now the vice president to President Noboa, Veronica Abed, says Israel wants to recruit 25,000 Ecuadorians, presumably to serve, what, doing their uh, conscription in Israel, killing Palestinians? I'm not sure. I mean, Ecuador would become a co-conspirator, perhaps, in genocide as per any world court ruling? I think uh, that statement by the VP crossed several lines to the point that very recently the foreign ministry of Ecuador issued a statement saying that those declarations shouldn't be taken into account, uh, that the negotiations between Ecuador and Israel are being uh, done at the highest level, and that the VP, who is also the ambassador of Ecuador to Israel, should basically shut her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know yet whether they're going to gonna do it. Um, we hope not, and it would violate our constitution. Yeah. 
But of course, the United States could uh, try and try and force the issue. Uh, you, I mean, before we take a pause from, uh, let alone Ecuador's position on uh, uh, the war in Europe, the World, World Bank is uh, not slamming Ecuador's economy as much as you'd expect, which you, which is normal when uh, a country does what the IMF tells it to do. It owes more than eight billion dollars. You're backing something called SDRs as a method out of this situation that so many global South countries in, uh, in Africa, in Southeast Asia, find themselves in. What is an SDR? An SDR is a special drawing right. It's a type of a global money issued by the SDR department at the IMF. And like the IMF loans, which come with conditionality, with strings attached, with geopolitical conditions as well, the SDRs are created out of thin air and distributed to every country in, in the world that's an IMF member, and it has no strings attached. It's not debt and can be used in any way that a sovereign country uh, can decide. These were actually created in the late 60s, and uh, they've been basically forgotten for a long time. So now we want to revive them and use them for development purposes, to invest uh, in uh, the needs of people that need to overcome uh, hunger and poverty that are uh, many, many uh, people suffering still around the world. Yeah, but presumably with the geopolitical control of the IMF based in Washington, where you work when your other hat is on as a, as a fellow at uh, that institute, um, they, they're probably not going to do that, are they? And that's why lots of countries actually are looking towards the BRICS Bank and uh, and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. And actually, come to think of it, you have to admit, President Naboa's uh, uh, free trade agreement with China must be ringing some alarm bells in Washington in the State Department, but actually may be good for the Ecuadorian people. Yeah, this is, a, this is an issue that uh, uh, has been on, on the table. Uh, from what we hear, the, the U.S. Uh, Department of State uh, allowed Ecuador to sign an FTA with, with China as part of their you know, generous concessions into the degree of our sovereignty. Uh, so we'll be uh, pending a, a decision there. The parliament hasn't yet approved it. There are not enough votes for its approval. Uh, but definitely, it would uh, it would imply a geopolitical move from, from Ecuador uh, with that respect. And uh, we'll see if uh, if it's allowed. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you, you, the, the SDRs do not have sort of IMF control over that, but they do require the U.S. to support that because of the veto power the U.S. has at the IMF. So, yeah, it's it's difficult to get those approved, but it already happened in the midst of the pandemic and also in the crisis in 2008, 2009. So we'll keep on pushing uh, that agenda as well. And your party will be supporting the uh, free trade agreement with China? We have uh, asked for renegotiations. We think there are sectors that will be uh, strongly affected if the if the treaty is passed as it was negotiated by Lasso. So we think we still have a bit of time to fix some of the issues and, and then perhaps uh, uh, support it. But it's a, it's a definitely an issue that requires a, a lot of uh, you know detailed analysis. Well, if Ecuador didn't really make much out of its quid pro quo with the uh torturing Julian Assange, effectively. What about its transfers now that have been announced of weapons from Ecuador to the United States to then be pushed to Ukraine to help Zelensky's uh, forces, some of them uh, linked to neo-Nazis, kill Russians in Ukraine? 
That is uh, absolutely questionable. We uh, reject that type of move. We do not need to be involved in any conflict uh, around the world. Ecuador has always been a, a country that stays away from, from trouble, especially in other continents. Unfortunately, now Novoa has been pressured by the United States to do this uh, basically swap in, in weapons where Ecuador transfers uh, uh, Russian weapons to, to Ukraine in violation of agreements with Russia. Uh, and in exchange, the Ukraine, Ukraine would uh, transfer weapons to Ecuador. Now, these are not U.S. transferred weapons. These are weapons that uh, Ukraine received from the U.S., but then Ukraine would give to, to Ecuador. That's why in an interview that uh, Laura Richardson, the head of the South Southcom, which is the uh, part of the U.S. military that is in charge of Latin America, basically, uh, doesn't want to answer questions about this uh, weapons swap. She's just been there, hasn't she, the uh, head of Southcom. Dr. Andres Arraz, I'll stop you there. More from the former Ecuadorian presidential candidate and minister in the Korea government after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with former Ecuadorian presidential candidate and Minister of Knowledge and Human Talent under the Korea government, Dr. Andres Arauz. We were just talking about uh, the fact that uh, Ecuador is going to send weapons to the USA aimed at uh, Western Europe to kill Russians, bizarrely. Uh, Laura Richardson from Southcom was there the other day. These weapons that uh, Ecuador will be transporting, you said they were Russian. So MiG-8, MiG-17 helicopters, some sort of SAM systems, uh, surface-to-air missile systems. Just explain whether the Ecuadorian people have consulted in the first place and how the United States thinks this is a great idea of maybe bypassing uh, the fact that Republicans in uh, Washington are clearly uh, not funding the war on Russia through Ukraine. This is exactly what's happening. It's a, it's a way to bypass uh, U.S. congressional support. It's also a way to bypass Ecuadorian uh, parliamentary decisions and the people of Ecuador's will. Like I said, uh, Ecuadorian people do not want to be involved in any uh, war uh, around the, the, the world, around the globe. This is not our issue. And unfortunately now, due to this U.S. pressure, they're involving us. Uh, the Russian uh, ambassador here in, in Quito has already said that this would be considered a hostile act. And we are very worried because uh, Russia is a, is a huge trade partner for, for Ecuador. Many of our bananas, roses, and, and shrimp and fish uh, end up in, in Russia, in the Russian Federation. So the, we're worried that this may have implications for our economy and, you know, a state uh, where uh, we are now very vulnerable due to the violence that we're suffering. You don't think President Naboa believes that there are huge incentives, perhaps, lessening of indebtedness to the IMF, who knows, given that I understand that uh, his family's banana business has links to Russia. Yeah, I mean, uh, his grandfather, his father made a lot of money selling bananas, importing uh, fertilizers from Russia for decades. Uh, he himself has traveled uh, quite frequently to, to Russia over his uh, time as a businessman and also as a parliamentarian. So it is very surprising that has been, uh, you know, pushed around by, by the U.S. to have a diversified uh, economic policy and, and geopolitical uh, 
uh, orientation. So uh, we're very worried that he's been pushed in that direction. But then if you read the, the US uh, Ecuador Strategic Act, uh, that was uh, passed by uh, the U.S. Senate last year. You read the recent treaty of the Statute of Forces that basically give a total leeway to U.S. Uh, military troops and their contractors to enter Ecuador to occupy the country in any direction, in any uh, you know, in any way as they like, giving them full use of the Ecuadorian radioelectric spectrum, which basically means freedom to spy, to use the telecommunications of Ecuador for their purposes for free, and many other immunities and privileges that troops and their contractors will have in Ecuador, it's extremely worrisome. It's uh, something that we hope uh, there remains a bit of sovereignty in, in, uh, in Noboa's soul, and that he does not approve this uh, uh, treaty that has been unfortunately already passed by the Constitutional Court of Ecuador. You should live in Britain. You should see those RAF bases. And we know what uh, Snowden told us about uh, how the Five Eyes were bugging uh, us over there. So uh, if, uh, if, if Ecuador hasn't got much in return for its uh, case uh, with Assange, just remind us, because you were at the central bank, maybe you were thinking this is going to be bad for Ecuador, uh, not morally, but financially, this uh, need to protect uh, international journalism, whistleblowing, and, uh, and the right to expose the war crimes of Washington in Iraq and elsewhere. Just remind us about uh, that deal of Moreno's. What, what actually happened? Well, uh, it was a lose-lose deal, right? Because uh, in theory, uh, the, the neoliberals think that having an agreement with the IMF is good because you may get a loan from the IMF. But really, that loan comes with strings attached that implies basically destroying your government, your state, your social services, your, your uh, welfare institutions, education and health systems. So it was a lose-lose negotiation when Moreno did that. We all knew that I wrote about that, and I even warned that such a deep austerity package passed by the IMF in Ecuador starting in 2018 uh, could not go through without social violence because you can't you know, shut down children's schools, teenagers' schools, and then not expect uh, a, a pushback from society in general. Uh, and of course, uh, there are consequences to- But that came that. after the Assange deal. Because, I mean, I'm talking about Assange because it's his last deal in uh, appeal yeah. in uh, London in the High Court in February uh, 20, 20th, 21st. Yeah, it happened immediately after, you know. Ecuador turned in uh, Assange. It was Moreno. Uh, we, we like to think that, you know, people in the world don't, don't blame Ecuador as a country, but the, gov the government that was at the time, which was Lenin Moreno, a traitor that now was even pushed away from the United States and is now living in, in exile in Paraguay, uh, also has uh, you know, been, been accused of, of corruption and, and has been found partially guilty of that as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, we, we blame Moreno, we blame the Lasso government and the IMF austerity policies for, for what's happening. It was not a good deal uh, to turn in Assange if we expected you know, some generous financial uh, incentives or, or money from, from the U.S. or the IMF. It was definitely not, not a good deal. We got the, the worst of both parts. I mean, what, what does he think uh, he's doing, given that Venezuela, the country with the largest known reserves of energy in the world, oil resources, he's not going to accept 
President Maduro's the incumbent uh, re-election if he is elected at the Venezuelan elections this year? Yeah, that, that makes no sense. I mean, Latin America and the whole world basically has shifted away from recognizing Guaido and phantom presidents uh, in, the, in the case of Venezuela into being realistic about uh, working with the current Maduro government. I think that's what we have to do. It's logical. It's obvious. We, we have to uh, seek of ways of cooperation within our region. And this is also why, uh, Afshin, uh, we had actually a good economic situation under the Correa government, even though we misbehaved with regards to uh, Assange, right, in, in, the, in the U.S. terms, because we had a diversified economic relationship, because we had, yes, of course, we had relations with the, economic relations with the U.S., but we also had uh, trade, infrastructure deals, loans, uh, uh, exports, imports from the BRICS countries, from the South American Union, we wanted to build a sovereignty in South America with UNASUR and the, with the Bank of the South so that we could uh, reduce degrees of independence in Latin America. And that's what made us more sovereign and be more economically prosper, prosperous during the Correa years. I know President Lula, uh, who's been on this show, uh, is now president uh, again. I should say President Correa has also been on this show. People can watch our Rumble channel. But uh, Argentina's new U.S.-backed uh, president, Javier Millet, has said... He's withdrawing from entry into BRICS. Is there, are there signs of that uh, pro-Washington tide re-emerging again in your continent? Uh, weirdly, uh, just ahead of a Trump presidency, perhaps. Yeah, I hope it's an isolated uh, case. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, completely useless to having left the, the BRICS. I mean, there was only uh, space to win, right? I mean, joining BRICS was only... Uh, adding to possibilities of the people of Argentina. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, Millet had, was a fundamentalist in, in that, in that uh, aspect and uh, didn't want to upset the, the United States. Now we see the IMF uh, applauding Millet's measures and the sacrifice of the Argentinian people. And uh, we are actually getting ready to receive an influx of Argentinians that will probably have to leave their country in the next couple of months. Under austerity. Now, you favor digital currencies, which is quite controversial in NATO nations where it's seen as pro surveillance. But you believe that uh, sovereign central bank issued currency, so does uh, the UAE, where I'm speaking to you from, where they've just done the first transaction with the, uh, China, actually, in terms of digital currency, would return some kind of uh, sovereignty away from the uh, so called uh, private uh, banking tokenized uh, currencies. Banks aren't going to like that if you're president or uh, in uh, Ecuador in the next few years, who knows, uh, or your allies. Are they private banks? Yeah, well, unfortunately, in Ecuador, our private banking system is uh, completely uh, uh, old school. It, uh, it is not in favor of innovation. It, it as, an, as a huge incumbent, it has a huge monopoly power. And as we have recently seen, they even had a president banker when Lasso was there. And uh, what we need is a, a system that is sovereign, that is, of course, uh, privacy uh, enabled, that can replicate physical cash and its properties, uh, that does not allow for uh, surveillance, uh, and that uh, does allow for economic uh, rebirth, for the possibility of having uh, this money that is delinked from the powers of the 
uh, private banking system. Now, in Ecuador, this is important, Ecuador's central bank is not privately owned. It is not uh, constitutionally independent. It is part of the executive branch, and that is why it has more democratic accountability to its people. That is not something that the rest of the central banks usually have around the world. And that is why in our model, the, the central bank digital currency uh, was more appropriate for our development needs because it was linked to development and not to surveillance or to basically private uh, banking power. So different to the Fed's idea of any digital uh, dollar. There was a snap election, of course, that elected President uh, Naboa. If this kind of violence, if this kind of economic collapse continues in your country, could we see another snap election of some kind? Could Rafael Correa return? Unfortunately, no. In the short term, the snap election is, is now possible because uh, we have to complete the period that Lasso left unfinished. Uh, but there will be an election uh, next year, a, a year from now, in February of 2025. Uh, of course, we intend uh, for Correa to be uh, our candidate. You're not contesting the election next year. Well, we have a, a parity requirement in Ecuador. It has to be a man and a woman, whether it be a presidential or vice presidential candidate. And uh, as our intention is to have Rafael Correa on the ticket, uh, I would not be able to participate. So, uh, but of course, Correa has, uh, is now uh, forbidden to participate in, in the Ecuadorian political system in formal terms, uh, unless we have uh, judicial decisions that we hope arrive promptly, especially from uh, the United Nations Human Rights Commission from the Inter-American Court of Human Rights and restore uh, Correa's capacity to, to be a candidate. And just finally, Naboa's only been in power for a few months. Is he finished? No, I think, uh, I think Naboa uh, will have the, the support of the, the US, of the now armed forces and uh, the, most of the media. Uh, in his uh, re-election bid, uh, he will try to, to run uh, again in, in February 2025. Uh, so it, it will be a, a tough election because now he uh, he is uh, not behaving as extreme uh, as, uh, as Lasso. He's actually cleaning up some of Lasso's uh, mistakes, and that will probably give him a certain advantage in the polls. Dr. Andres Arauz, thank you. Thank you so much, Efshin. That's it for the show. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Saturday. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Saturday.